Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. It's important to establish a culture of winning, the importance of winning, and doing things the right way. So for us, it's just to keep building upon that. What is up? Welcome in, Miami Dolphins fans, to another episode of Fin It to Win It. As always, we are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and our gracious sponsors, Bet Online and Deal Dash. We got a new one today, Mason, for the episode. You can follow, interact with the show on social media at Fin It to Win It on Facebook and Twitter. My name is Riley Bradshaw. He is Mason Englehart. Mason, it's been a week since we've been on uh, and done a show. And uh, a lot's happened <laughs> since we were yeah. last on. <laughs> so, Riley, this is this is how much has happened. About a week or two ago, when we were talking about depth for the Dolphins and different positions that are really set to go for the season, one of our top positional groups was wide receivers. Now, how <laughs> right. the times have changed, especially recently, and I know we're going to get into that tonight, but, man, that depth for the wide receiver group essentially went out the window today. Yeah, so we're coming out with the episode Friday morning, recording this Thursday night, and today was the deadline for NFL players to opt out if they are choosing not to play in the NFL this season. So far, Mason, it's been reported that 66 total players have opted out, and two of those are Miami Dolphins. The hardest team to get hit is the Patriots with eight players and some significant players at that. I think the Browns were second so far with five But since 4 p.m., I mean, this is we're pretty late into the night on Thursday recording this. Right now, it's Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson, two wide receivers. Alan Hearns was the first to come out a few days ago earlier this week. Albert Wilson, the most recent one. But hopefully, it looks like those are the only two. Obviously, they have their own reasons. We're not going to get into, you know, whether they should be playing or not playing. That You know, it's their decision. They're grown men. They have their families. They have their situations. So they make the decisions. That's best for them, and we're going to respect that. We're going to talk about how that impacts the Dolphins on the field. So let's go ahead and jump into it, Mason. You mentioned the wide receiver room. You know, it's I have mixed feelings about it uh, when it comes to, you know, losing two guys in the same position group. Now, when we ranked the receivers, I can't remember exactly which number they were. I mean, they were kind of middle of the pack. I know that we had talked about, you know, last year going into the season – they were one of the stronger groups, and now I think both of us agreed um, they've kind of fallen back a little bit. The team did not address the position very much during the offseason other than bringing in a couple undrafted rookies. But, yeah, I mean, if, if you look at this group, they're pretty deep, so losing two guys doesn't necessarily kill you. Um, but the talent, I think, is pretty top-heavy. I mean, you have Devontae Parker, obviously, broke out last year. Preston Williams, we like him. 
obviously the potential and the ceiling is very high for him, but you know, he's a guy that has been inconsistent on and off the field. Uh, obviously now coming off his second ACL injury. So once you get past those top two, it was a lot of guys, you know, up and down inconsistent. So yeah, I, I don't I don't really know where you go with the wide receiver room from here, but I think if it's going to happen to a group, if you're going to lose two guys from one group, I think this is the group that you would want it to happen. Yeah, definitely a double-edged sword, Riley, because as you mentioned, how loaded our wide receiver group is with depth. I mean, you, if you have to lose two guys from a group, I agree. The but wide receiver depth. That's I think what I'm kind of getting what? at. <laughs> if, if, if it's healthy, it's good depth. I mean, I think yeah. you look from top to bottom. You know, you start at the top with Devontae Parker coming off his season. Then you look at Preston Williams. I mean, he's a go for training camp and contact yep. right now, uh, which is awesome because there were yeah, reports a few. There were there were some reports a few months ago that were speculating that he may not be ready for the season opener. So that was like, wow, that was kind of scary. So the fact that he's a go is a big thing. And then really after that, you have about five or six guys who do something similarly. They have other skill sets. But, um, you know, you look at Alan Hearns, you look at Albert Wilson about a month ago we were speculating that those these two guys could be cut casualties. You know, Alan Hearns had issues with drops, not a lot of consistency. And then Albert Wilson, with his injury history and his contract, it looked like he could be a training camp casualty. The fact he restructured his contract made us all think, yeah, okay, he I think should that be was going to save go. him, at least for this yeah, year. Yeah, that was the savior this year. But you just never know with this squad. I mean, the Dolphins have made some – not surprising cut so far this offseason, but they've shown that even if you're a veteran and you play for this team before, it doesn't mean you're going to get a pass. So I'm not saying that Albert Wilson would have been cut this offseason, but it definitely goes to show you, I don't think anybody's, there's not a lot of players that are really safe on this team. Since you mention it, when you think about both of these guys in their situations, like, yeah, Albert Wilson restructured his deal before that, he was on everyone's radar as a guy that could potentially be, be let go. But since he restructured, we figured he'd be around because, you know, he was probably in line for that number three receiver position, especially in the slot on the field. I think he is definitely the biggest loss out of the two. Uh, I don't think that's, you know, a crazy statement to make because, you know, in terms of skill set, you know, you got Parker, you got Preston Williams um, at the top of the depth chart there, but they bring entirely different skill sets. Albert Wilson had a unique skill set of making things happen in space, making plays after the catch things that, you know, other receivers in this group are not really known for. So he was very unique in that aspect. And I'm not sure they are going to be able to fill that, fill that gap, find that guy that's going to be able to fill all the skill sets that Albert Wilson brought to the field. So, you know, we'll get into how this may or may not change Chan Gailey and the Dolphins offensive philosophy but since you mentioned the whole cut aspect of it I'm thinking Albert Wilson Alan Hearns both guys that had you know throughout this offseason whispers of them maybe not even being on this team now that they're not playing this entire season do you think their days as Miami Dolphins are over like are we going to see these guys again uh, you know it, it's it's a good question I mean because I don't too I yeah, out of the two, I'd say Alan Hearns would be the one that pops up first to me that probably won't be on this team again. The fact that what we've seen in Albert Wilson, even though it's been a short amount of time, to see his explosiveness, to see his ability to take those 10-yard catches and turn them into 70-yard touchdowns and huge gains, 
Um, he's a gadget type of player too. He can fill a lot of roles in that offense. I think the Dolphins need to keep Albert Wilson around, especially if he's healthy on the field. Now, Alan Hearns, I don't know if he'll be back. He's been around a lot longer in the league. He's got more miles on him than Albert Wilson does. I could easily see him not coming back. But I think the bigger, the biggest question right now, Riley, is who is going to step up? You know, there's a lot of young talent in this on this roster for wide receivers. There's a lot of guys that you and I like. For me, this was a guy that we talked about all offseason when we were going through our lists of, you know, most improved, surprise players, breakout players. You know, I look at Isaiah Ford. I look at a guy that ended the season really strong, uh, great relationship with Fitzpatrick as quarterback, whether or not Ryan Fitzpatrick will be the quarterback, and we'll get to the, the quarterback situation later. But, you know, he's got great chemistry with Fitzpatrick, and I just really like what he can do with his route running, and he's got solid hands too. This is a guy that I can really see stepping up. He's not the same type of player that Albert Wilson is. Yeah, he's more maybe like an Alan Hearns type type of right. player. But I think he's really has an opportunity to step up. Riley, who do you think is going to step up the most he can for these play wide receivers? In the, he can play in yeah, the slot, too. I mean, last year he played primarily out wide in 224 snaps. He played 152 of them out wide, 68 in the slot. So, you know, we talked about obviously Albert Wilson is that that prototypical slot receiver, get in space, get him the ball, and he can make things happen. Alan Hearns, we had talked about this in previous shows, was your kind of your your plug-and-play wide receiver. When there was an injury, you threw Alan Hearns in there because if you looked at his total snap breakdown, it was basically 50-50, like right there, 50-50, between playing out wide or in the slot. So he was very versatile. I think that's one thing that the Dolphins will miss with Alan Hearns. But yeah, Isaiah Ford, you know, definitely showed flashes the last few weeks of the season when he was finally given the opportunity to showcase his skills. And hey, man, in the NFL, when you're a guy in a situation like Isaiah Ford, where you're battling for a roster spot, you're put on the practice squad, he's even been cut by the Dolphins before, brought back to the Dolphins. So like, when you get that opportunity, it may be your only opportunity. So he really made the most of it. Um, in his limited time last year at the end of the season, you look at Jakeem Grant, obviously the explosiveness, that like electric electric type of player that Albert Wilson is, you get that in Jakeem Grant. But, you know, we've talked about this. Where does he fit? He, he's been saying all offseason, I'm a wide receiver. I'm a wide receiver. I'm going to prove it. Well, <laughs> he's going to get a chance to prove it now with these two guys opting out. He's gonna, He's kind of in line as that third guy. Um, going into camp now, things could change once once they you know are on the field and competition, and we'll, we'll see how it pans out. But you know, just based off the depth chart, you know, going into training camp, he's that next guy to step up. But he struggled in the slot because of his lack of size. Yes, if he's given the ball in space, he is much like Albert Wilson. He is going to make things happen. But he has had trouble getting off the line of scrimmage in the slot. They've tried him out wide. He had a little more success there, but also the durability issues that come with Jakeem Grant. So those are your two, the two first guys that are going to get the opportunity. And then you start talking about guys like Gary Jennings, Kirk yep. Merritt, who is a Dolphins fan favorite, you know, another undrafted guy going into the, going into the season. So, you know, you have some guys there, but I wanted to ask you, Mason, if you're Chris Greer, do you stick with what we've got? A lot of young guys, but a lot of unproven guys or inconsistent guys. Do you stick with what we got going through this year, or do we look at the free agent market? Because 
I was looking don't a little earlier, it. Mason. Yeah, I don't, don't I don't know, it. man. There's not a lot out I, there. <laughs> okay, good. I, I'm glad you weren't going to say it. Um, I'm talking say about Antonio what, Brown. Oh, no, um, I was not going to say that. Good. No. His name's been floating out there a little bit. That, that's 100% no from yeah. me on that. I Love don't even really think we need from to. That. Chad Johnson did say that he lives, what, five miles from, he, from the He says that every offseason, though. <laughs> You wouldn't want forty-two-year-old Chad Johnson uh, come full circle right back to the Dolphins. <laughs> you know that that definitely would be full circle um, from his short, very, very short stint with the Dolphins. Uh, you know, let me season. ask you this: while we're talking about Chad Johnson, and this is obviously a joke, people don't you know blow us up on Facebook and Twitter at Finit to Win It, saying, "Oh my God, you guys are clowns." You think Chad Johnson? No, I don't personally. I think it's a joke if you bring in Chad Johnson at this point at his age, but. I do want to ask you, Mason, if it's between Chad Johnson at 42 and Terrell Owens, T.O., at 46, we saw that video a couple weeks back. Yeah, the race with Kareem Kareem Hunt, yeah. Damn, man, that guy is just an athletic monster. At almost 50 years old to still have that kind of physique and speed, who would you rather take right now? Like, If you had to bring one of those guys into your team, who would you take between T.O. and, and Chad Johnson? I'm going to take T.O. just for yeah, the fact that I think he, he would fit the Dolphins better as far as what he can do physically. Well, I'm not even um, talking about the Dolphins. I just mean in general. Oh, well, see, I was looking actually the Dolphins and what, the, well, what they have at wide receiver. But I'm still taking T.O. regardless. I'll take T.O. But I watched that video, too. I mean, listen, those guys, they stay in great shape. You know, t- 10, 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, I'd love to have either of them. But, Riley, I'm going to throw before we move on and talk about the quarterbacks a little bit. I'm going to throw a little interesting option. Um, at you see what you think of this you know with the loss of these two wide receivers for the season and who knows you know the Dolphins could lose another one or two with the circumstances coming up this this offseason but you know we've talked a lot about Mike Kosicki and how he's going to be moved around a lot he's not your prototypical tight end because of his lack of blocking and how solid of a receiving tight end he is the Dolphins just picked up Adam Shaheen now you know Shaheen really has a lot to prove. He can't stay healthy. He can't stay on the field, but he's got a great physical build. He's very tall. He's a good goal line tight end. I'm really curious to see if he can stay healthy, how much the Dolphins actually use him in the tight end spot. And they also have Gesicki on the field more in a slot position or moving him around as more of a wide receiver this season. When you think of guys, you know, from these two players opting out, guys that are in line to benefit the most from it, it's probably Mike Kosicki. I mean, he was going to get his share of balls regardless, but now I think that's even going to be more elevated. You know, they were going to come out in a lot of 11 personnel. You were going to see a lot of three wide receivers out. Um, Williams, Parker, Wilson in the slot. And then you're going to see Kosicki in the other slot. So you're going to have a four wide receiver basically look. I think you still could see that. They may go, you know, with, you know, more of a 12 personnel where you have, like you mentioned, two tight ends on the field, a Shaheen or a Durham Smythe on the line, your prototypical spot for your tight end. And you'll still see Gesicki out there as your flex tight end because he's such a receiving threat. So I think of all the players, like maybe even considering the receivers that we talked about between Jakeem Grant and Isaiah Ford, he may be in line the most to gain from these get players opting out because you knew he was going to be a huge part of the game plan already. And now I think they're going to get him even more involved um, because they got to be able to take advantage of the middle of the field. You can't just be throwing the ball up uh, to the guys on the outside because, you know, they're great at the contested point of the catch, 
those jump balls between Parker and Wilson, but they are not the guys that are going to create uh, separation. I'm not saying Gesicki is that either, but you need some type of presence over the middle of the field. And while I'm on that topic, I was thinking about this earlier and how this impacts what the Dolphins do on offense. You're kind of alluding to it now, talking about bringing in Shaheen more. And it's crazy to think about, Mason, that if us losing these receivers, we're going to bring on the tight ends, a couple more tight ends. Got to do something. You you and I talked about how the tight end is by far the weakest (laughs) group on this team, but they're going to somehow bring it. Yeah, I don't know. It really depends on how Shaheen looks because he's been nothing but a disappointment since he's come into the league. So... I think they're I think they're going to stick to the game plan, and you're going to see Isaiah Ford, Jakeem Grant probably fill that slot. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you see two tight ends on the field using Gesicki as that that flex um, flex tight end spot um, as a receiving threat. But what I was thinking about earlier, Mason, when it comes to our quarterback play, if you look at Tua, obviously we're very excited. We'll talk about this a little more later. But you look at Tua. And what he excelled at at Alabama and what I think you're going to see, especially if he's in the game with the Miami Dolphins, is you know a lot of run-pass option, get the ball out quick, use the sideline, sideline to sideline, get the ball out of Tua hand, to his hands quickly into his playmaker's hands to allow them to make the play. And that's what you saw you know, with Henry Ruggs last year, with Jerry Judy last year. Him getting the ball out quick into his playmaker's hands, getting them in space, and letting them just take it to the house. Use their athleticism. That's not what the makeup of this wide receiver group is like, especially after losing Albert Wilson. So I wonder how we're going to see the offense kind of come together when you have these wide receivers, talented obviously, but not guys that you can rely on getting that yards after catch that you saw so much at Alabama last year with, with Judy and Ruggs. I try to be a very realistic Dolphin fan, Riley, and I know we all do in certain aspects, and we do get excited with draft picks and things like that. But going into the season, I really felt like we're still in a rebuilding phase. You know, Losing these wide receivers for the season is definitely going to hurt Miami, but I still think Miami needs to continue to tread on with their plan And that's to build this offensive line. That's to give these younger guys time. I don't think the loss of Albert Wilson or Alan Hearns is super detrimental to the Dolphins' success this season. But at the same time, I think fans need to really understand as we go through training camp and the COVID list starts to grow, grow, things happen to players. They need to understand this is, once again, a team that is in the rebuilding phase. You know, In my opinion, this is not a playoff team yet. But we have to just have that realistic expectation because we see it on Twitter a lot and Facebook. You know, fans are really pumped. They're really excited. And they need to understand, even though we're losing these receivers, it doesn't mean this isn't going to make or break our playoff chances, but we have to just roll with the punches this year. I think with that second playoff spot, Mason, I think the Dolphins are right on the cusp there. It could go one of two ways. I think they're they're right there if things kind of fall into place correctly to compete for that that second playoff spot. But yeah, I mean, these two guys, Albert Wilson, in terms of his skill set, I think is a big loss. But both these guys just haven't been dependable over their over their careers. But the Dolphins, I mean, you know, Hearns came in last year. He, he played nicely um, in, in his roles as guys went off the field with injury, mainly Preston Williams. But you look at Albert Wilson, I mean, since he's gotten here, what did he miss? Like nine games his first year, missed three uh, last year so he's been on and off the field so even when they're on the field they're not they're not reliable options 
Um, they, they had a lot to prove going into this year. So other guys are going to get an opportunity. I mean, you know, we joked around with the free agent list with Chad Johnson in that tweet, but I said this earlier, it's slim pickings right now on the free agent market. I mean, you got guys like Taylor Gabriel played with Chicago last year. Uh, Kevin Hogan, seven eleven. Uh, <laughs> do you remember give that? Another yeah, give so, another shot. Yeah. Give another shot. Quick side note. If you don't follow NFL throwbacks on YouTube, you should, because I, I'm assuming they're an actual NFL affiliated page because they have like access to all of the old hard knocks. And I'm a big hard knocks guy. I don't know about you, Mason, but they just put the dolphins one on there, which is why it's funny that Chad Johnson just tweeted about the team. You know, the, that awkward conversation between Philbin and Johnson when, when he got cut and then, uh, Hogan, they call, they called him seven 11 during the course of camp. Uh, so yeah, if, if you like hard knocks and the dolphins one, if you want to go back and watch it, um, it's on NFL throwbacks on YouTube. I do like hard knocks Riley. I don't think as much as you, but that was a horrible season of hard knocks. It was so boring. Oh, I mean, um, it's mainly I, I know having head coach. I, 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 well, yeah, the most vanilla head coach probably ever for the dolphins. Um, it was still awesome to see the Dolphins featured nationally like that and people talking about it online and talking about it the next day. But, oh, my God, it, it, it was so boring. Now, not to say interesting <laughs> things didn't happen during that, the whole Chad Johnson thing, um, David uh, Garrard, like, getting hurt very early yeah. on, trading Vontae Davis. I mean, there were some things that came up that were pretty interesting. But overall, like, I just remember I was like, man, this is this – is, if I wasn't a Dolphins fan, this is just really boring and the Dolphins seem like – a really vanilla team. Yeah, no, I agree because, you know, if you watched the Raiders one last year with John Gruden, I mean, that guy is just made for hard knocks. That speech at the beginning of hard knocks last year, I listened to that on my workout playlist on my iPod. It gets me that jacked up. There is no Joe Philbin on there. I assure you that <laughs> from hard knocks. It was just like, Oh, it was like, you know, nails on a chalkboard listening to that guy try to like inspire and pump up his team in the locker room during those preseason games. Oh, it was just cringeworthy. But yeah, I mean, if you're if you like hard knocks, it's on there. So I was just throwing a throwing a bone out to uh to Dolphins fans. I mean, hard knocks is hard knocks. It's gonna be cool no matter no matter what. But yeah. They should have picked a different year for the Dolphins. Like when Dan Campbell Oh, Dan Campbell's in that one actually, and he you know, he's pretty interesting, but this year would be a really good year for the Dolphins to be on Hard Knocks with Tua. Man, that would be that would be a good one. I still think the Chargers and Rams one will be pretty good. So, you know, Riley, speaking of Tua, this is a good segue. Um, for the very little amount that we've seen that we've seen of Tua, because the Dolphins have really kept us in the dark. Man, it has got fans pumped. It seems like everybody's reposting, retweeting the few pictures that have been sent. The wind sprint, that famous wind sprint <laughs> that Tua did when he yeah. allegedly beat the other quarterbacks. So that makes him healthy, apparently. That makes him ready to start week one to some people. But it is still cool to see T Tua out there. Um, the fact that Flores has been so publicly adamant and positive about Tua's progress and how he, they're going to treat him like a normal rookie. He's going to still need to make progress, but he is good to go, kind of similar to Preston Williams news. I mean, that is awesome to hear. I just wish the Dolphins would give us more information. And when I say information, I mean videos, pictures. They are really keeping us in the dark. freaking crazy, man. This training camp so far is driving me crazy. I get the COVID thing. Reporters, there's only a limited amount there. And they can't report during practices what's actually going on. But, yeah, I know a lot of fans have been complaining. Like, you know, the Chargers are 
posting videos of Justin Herbert throwing. I don't think I've seen one video of Tua actually throwing a football yet. We've seen him doing some, you know, little running drills and warming up, you know, stretching and whatnot. But I haven't seen him throw a football yet in a Dolphins Me uniform. Neither. Have you? Yeah. No, I've, I haven't either. Yeah. So, I mean, at least we're seeing him. And like you mentioned, I mean... I could not have pictured a better, you know, a better scenario right now than what is transpiring when it comes to Tua and his health and just getting back onto the field right before training camp starts. He gets the full go. You know, you are just like any other player out there. There's no limitations on Tua. I mean, that right there was just a massive step in his recovery from last year's hip injury. Um, I, much faster than I, I thought they were going to bring him along slowly. I still think that it's Ryan Fitzpatrick's job to lose at this point. And I think when you take in all of the factors, you know, we, we talked about the offensive line, what to expect. We don't know what to expect. That's what we should expect is we don't know. <laughs> but, um, you know, the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick has such a history with Chan Gailey, he's been in the league for over a decade. I mean, it's going to be hard for Tua to unseat Ryan Fitzpatrick in a straight-up competition. But, hey, if Tua comes in, man – and just blows the doors off the place with his talent. I don't know. I, 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 up until this point, I've been saying hold off on starting him as long as you can. But if he's fully healthy, and if he is clearly your number one guy, I guess you got to throw him out there, just from a comp, from a competitive standpoint. But if it's pretty close, I still would give the edge to Ryan Fitzpatrick at least to start the year. I mean, yeah, there's so much that's going to happen. Every day there's going to be more news. It's such an off-season clouded mystery with everything going on. I think it's just going to be very hard for him to be the week one starter with the amount of limited snaps they're going to have, no preseason football. It's going to be very hard to see him to get a gauge on starter. Yeah, to really get a gauge on him. I mean, Christ, we haven't even seen him throw a, throw a football uh, in a Dolphins <laughs> well, uniform we haven't. Yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but now, Riley, it, it's going to be a very interesting offseason. The COVID list obviously is growing. And, you know, Riley, I don't really – we haven't talked about that too much, you and I. I don't know where you come out on that because it's like I mentioned, very clouded in mystery. They're not going to come out and say why some of these players or all these players are put on this list. It could be because they went came in contact with somebody. It could be because they tested positive. I mean, there's so much the Dolphins are not releasing like every other team in the NFL. So – when these guys go on this list, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be on it forever, but it does make you realize that as the season inches closer, as we get ready for week one, you know, if players are going on this list and it's right before game time, wow, that's going to be huge. Yeah, let's go through some of those transactions, including the COVID list and just our thoughts on it. Um, let's get in a couple quick reads first, Mason, from our sponsors of today's episode of Fin It to Win It. Let's roll with Bet Online. Guys, sports, they're back. And your chances to bet on your favorite teams are back as well. Major League Baseball is here. There's no better place to start than wagering at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Mason, why don't you tell the people more? Major League Baseball's back, baby. That's right. It is coming back. I know some of these teams have had to sit out, speaking of COVID, but it is back. You guys got to go to Bet Online where you check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24 7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players. That's right. Bet Online has been doing an awesome job with getting these pro players on. Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven time NBA champ Robert Ori. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. It's 
called Fantemic. Very clever, so clever. name. I know. So, guys, visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. And remember to use that promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. And Dolphins fans, we're excited to introduce to you our second sponsor of Fin It to Win It, Deal Dash. If you haven't heard of DealDash.com, it's the best most honest bidding site where you can win things you never expect at a price you would never believe. They have over a thousand auctions every day from electronics to appliances, beauty products, home decor, even cars. They have everything on there. Here's how it works. It's like an auction. So every time it starts at $0 and only goes up one cent each time that you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. So that means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. Here's a great deal for you guys. If you go ahead and buy right now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon signing up on top of their other discounts. So go to DealDash.com and use the offer code FINS, F-I-N-S, or DealDash.fm backslash fins that's deal dash dot fm backslash fins all right mason so let's look at the list of guys that have come on come off COVID, and it's a pretty fluid list so i know when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago we didn't know at the time like if you were put on this list how long you had to be placed on this list seems like there's no limitations i mean we've seen guys like jerome baker go on and off within days um, yeah. And other players as well. Today, you know, Thursday, when we're recording this podcast, six Dolphins were added to the COVID-19 list. A lot of them were rookies. Defensive tackle, Raekwon Davis. Defensive tackle, Benito Jones. It's his second time on this list. Safety, Brandon Jones. Guard, Solomon Kinley. Defensive end, Shaq Lawson. And wide receiver, Kirk Merritt, were all placed on the COVID-19 list. All right, Mason. Right now, I'm fine. Okay, you know, we we have some time. It's the beginning of training camp. If this happens a week or two before the season starts, I don't know about you, but I'm going to be in panic mode <laughs> if we have six guys well, going on a COVID-19 list. I mean, listen, let's be realistic. There's going to be a panic mode sometime this year uh, with the NFL not doing the bubble. Yeah, it's inevitable. Uh, Brian Flores has come out and said how important it is to be safe. I know all coaches are, are preaching that, but listen, most of these guys in the Dolphins, they're in their low 20s. I mean, they're living life. I mean, they're millionaires. I mean, can you blame them? They're going to be safe, but they're they're still going to go out and they're going to do some stuff with friends. And hopefully they're being as safe as they can be, but there's going to be a time in the season. If it's not the Dolphins, it's going to be another team where right before game time, when they do that last COVID check or oh leading gosh. up to a game, and it's going to be nerve wracking. But guess what? With this season in the NFL, if the NFL is going to make it through the year, this is what this is the biggest hurdle they're going to have to get over. Because what happens if Green Bay is getting ready for a Monday night football game or a big game and Aaron Rodgers goes on that list? Holy mackerel. I mean, what happens for the Dolphins if they're getting ready for a, a big game? And Tua, if he's the starting quarterback, or Devontae Parker. I mean, one of their bigger impact players goes on that list. Unfortunately, the odds are in the favor of that happening, and it sucks but with there being football this year, this is kind of the price we have to pay as fans. This could be the hardest job these coaches have ever had because they're going to have to adjust on the fly. Like you said, if 
if a player right before the game takes their test and is a negative, they're not going to let that guy on the field. The advantage goes to the teams that have the most depth. And that is not the Miami Dolphins. That is, you know, this is a team that's trying to build depth. They did make major strides in that department through the draft and free agency this offseason. A lot of promising rookies coming into camp, but still, you know, they have a long way to go in terms of building a complete roster. If they lose guys like Devontae Parker, if they lose guys like Gesicki, you know, those are major, major pieces to the Miami Dolphins that I don't think they really can afford to lose and still go into a game and be competitive. So, I mean, we've, you know, just in the past week, I mean, yesterday, you know, Wednesday, Devon Godshaw was put on the list. The day before, Cordrea Tankersley was brought back off the list, immediately waived. Poor guy. I feel so bad for that guy. I mean, he is, since he's coming to the league, he had a promising rookie year and just, He's been hurt ever since, so I wish him the best. Yeah, it's a cruel league, man. When it comes to injuries, and it's just it's a business, and it's really tough for players like him. Uh, Blake Ferguson was on the list. He came off. Eric Flowers is on the list right now. Zach Sealer was on the list. I mean, I I think by the end of this, man, there's going to be more Dolphins that were on the list than not on the list. You know, at some point during the course of the season, Uh, Malcolm Perry is another guy that was on the list. So. Yeah, I mean, some of these guys, like I mentioned, they're going on and off in a matter of days, but some, you know, if they actually have COVID, could be on this list for up to a couple of weeks. So it's really a lot of unknown. Uh, you know, obviously they're going to keep these guys, you know, medical, medicals as private as possible. So, we, you know, like you mentioned, we don't know if they're being put on this list if they actually have COVID or if they were just exposed to COVID. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned, Benito Jones has now been on this list twice. Uh, so far in training camp. So I don't know, man, it's going to be one of those years where (laughs) Brian Flores is going to have to do a hell of a job in this coaching staff. You're going to have to adjust on the fly. And that's why I said, you know, Dolphin fans, they have to be realistic with what's going on this season. It is a rebuilding year still. So if these things happen, if the Dolphins do still finish six and 10, I'm not saying use COVID as an excuse, but Obviously, they're working with a different beast this year. There's so much young talent on this team, whether it's a rookie, whether it's a second or third year player. It's someone who's coming into a new offensive philosophy and a defensive, new defensive coordinator, too, even though that'll look similar to previous years. But I mean, you know, if you've never played for Chan Gailey, you haven't had a lot of time working with him in person, and he loses two of his starting offensive linemen who are maybe those veterans on the line and Karis and Flowers. And then it's like, wow, you know, we're really having to adapt to this. Or like you mentioned, losing Mike Kosicki, a player which the Dolphins can't really replace because we don't have another receiving tight end of his stature and what he can do on the field. So it's definitely going to be a crazy year. We really have to take it just one day at a time because I think every day or every few days at least, uh, we're going to get news that's going to be like, okay, you know, yeah. this player's on the list, or we're going to get news that say, okay, this player's off the list. It's going to be, like you mentioned, kind of a revolving door. Um, so it, it's, it's going to be a crazy year. The key, Mason, is not to panic when you yeah. see this slew of names going onto the list. But like I said, I can't make any promises if we're a week out from a game and a list like today comes out where you have six players on it. And another disadvantage that the Dolphins have is, you know, they have so much young talent which is great looking for, you know, towards the future. But right now it is a huge detriment if these guys are missing time on the field. I mean, we already have no preseason, which is very valuable to these young guys. And now if you look at guys, and I mentioned most of this list today is rookies. Kirk Merritt, 
who is fighting to make this roster now has an actual opportunity, not only to make just the practice squad, the actual roster is missing valuable playing time. We don't know how long he'll be gone for. He could come back tomorrow. It could be two weeks from now. But the more and more time he misses, the less and less opportunity he has. So guys like him, Brandon Jones, Raekwon Davis, these guys need to be in practice as much as possible. Solomon Kinley, I mean, the list goes on. There's a lot of young guys that are on this list. So, you know, that that's not a good sign for a young Dolphins team that needs as much coaching, as many reps as possible with no preseason heading into the year. And Riley, you know, we've been putting this off a little bit because of the situation with COVID and how we knew that some players were going to opt out. We wanted to wait for this, but next week we are going to, I believe, so correct me if I'm wrong, but we are going to talk about training camp battles, those positional groups that there are going to be some battles going on. We wanted to wait for these, who was going to opt out, because obviously there's going to be some battles going on in the wide receiver group that we may have not expected as much between certain players. So Riley, next week we're going to be dropping that episode. So get ready guys. Cause we got to talk about training camp battles. We got to talk about those players who are going to be playing this year for the dolphins. Who are they going to be battling a camp for starting or playing time? Yeah. That's kind of why we, we waited it out to see who was going to actually be, you know, in training camp past this opt out deadline before we come out with episodes like that, because we didn't want to, you know, basically age them, you know, and then two days late, you know, do one earlier this week. And then two days later, a guy that we talk about for 10 minutes isn't, isn't even playing this year. So, yeah, look out for that episode next week. Uh, I think we're going to be trying to do a Fins Up Friday next week and some other great content as well. So thanks for staying with us here at Fin It to Win It. As always, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Fin It to Win It. Check us out on a major podcast platform. As always, everyone, we really appreciate a five-star rating and review. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. So thank you all so much for the support. Keep your head on a swivel, Dolphins fans. Expect the unexpected <laughs> when <laughs> Good it comes way to, to end this it. Like Miami Dolphins season because that's what we're trying to do here. Just don't panic. Nobody freak out. I think about um, Frank the Tank. Um, not the Frank the Tank we interviewed last week, the one from old school when he's in the locker room all burnt to crap and he's like saying, everybody keep your composure. <laughs> Perfect comparison. That actually is a great way to end it. While he's like throwing chairs and stuff into the locker. So, yeah, be like Frank the Tank. Keep your composure, Dolphins fans, as we go through this training camp. So, all right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Fin It to Win It. For Mason, I'm Riley. We hope everybody has a great weekend. We'll catch up with you next week. Fins up, Fins fans. Fins up.